are two souls, therefore, which are one. Though I must go, endure not yet. A breach, but an expansion, like gold to airy thinness beat. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all humankind. Your hosts here in England, Matthew Russell and Chris Carney. Oh yeah, baby, Don. John Don. The Don of the Mall. A 16th century poet, priest, and lawyer walk into a bar, and they're all John Don. <laughs> <laughs> poet, priest, lawyer. It's like I, I always like to think of myself as space podcaster, yeah. adventurer, and lover. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would like to uh, affix um, ne'er do well after the, after that as well, if you don't mind. Okay, ne'er do well. <laughs> yeah, you should always have three things at the end of your name. Maybe yeah, that's that's what we should. Be, that's what we're doing wrong, Chris. Yeah, I'd be like a uh, man, a myth, bit of a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> the meaning of the quote will only become clear once I interview okay. Gillian Fitzpatrick and Justin Donnelly from. Moon Gallery. Oh, that's so exciting. You'll learn all about the significance of John Donne's 16th century poem. Very beautiful indeed. So it's that kind of stuff that's like really good. I don't quite understand it. You know what I mean? So yeah, when, like, when something's where you have to kind of read it a few times to get any kind of meaning out, you know it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's the benchmark, isn't it? You don't want it to be too didactic. You don't this, want it to be telling you what it is. This isn't Gogglebox, Matt. This is high art. Chris... Long time since I've seen you. Been up to anything exciting? Uh, I've been working really a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, nothing too exciting. Um, soon to be reunited with my my dear estranged wife, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> She's going to be coming back next week, which I'm looking forward to. It's, like, it's, it's nice being nice. a bachelor, but, you know, <laughs> it's like... I do have a wife. <laughs> I have a wife. <laughs> How about you? Um, so, what have you yeah, been? So, uh, what have you been up to, Matt? You've been uh, behaving yourself. I played a gig last Friday. Oh, um, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was quite good. Yeah, um, and met quite a few interesting space people, like Ooh. Stuart Clark, who writes for for various science magazines about space. So that was, it was, you know, it's amazing how these people turn up in odd places, space yeah. people, space yeah. and music, very, very closely connected. I can Appearing tell you through wormholes. Indeed. Right. I thought we'd just quickly touch upon a few of these little space stories that have been happening this week. And, and the one that I thought was amazing, which actually didn't get much news. Have you heard about this, the Starlink all the, that last launch of Starlink satellites no. of all, well, basically most of them are going to re-enter the atmosphere. They they completely, they basically got scuppered by the sun. Oh, <laughs> well, it can, can happen. It, it actually makes you realise just how hard it all is to do this space stuff. So, yeah, it was another massive batch of satellites, of 60 satellites that Elon Musk launched this week. And they did it in the middle of a solar storm. What do you think it is about the solar storm that's downed these satellites? Radiation? Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. think that that would be the primary concern. But no, it's, this is actually really interesting. And, and Scott Manley does a brilliant video on this. But in short, um, just above the Kármán line, you have the thermosphere. Hmm. It's quite hot up in the thermosphere, hence it's called the thermosphere. Yeah. But when, when there's lots of solar activity, the whole atmosphere expands a bit. 
right. and therefore expands into the space where the satellites are orbiting at about 200 kilometres. So these were really low satellites, yeah. these, these Starlinks. They were launched into a really low orbit as part of this massive constellation. Presumably that's part of the deal. They're in this low orbit. Yeah. But it actually might have something to do with latency and things like that. So, But what they didn't realise is, well, I must have realised it. I mean, this must be known by people, but they've completely underestimated it. The satellites, when they're launched, it's like, hang on a second, the atmosphere is really dense. Yeah. At 50% more dense than it normally is. That's amazing. And that's massive change. Yeah, that's a massive change. So, so, so what they did is using the gyroscopes and stuff, they kind of made the um, satellites turn edgeways, still packed up. So they were sliding through in there in their most aerodynamic shape, as it were. Through the custard. It, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So when they awaken these things to get into proper mode, the weakness of their ion thrusters meant that they just really couldn't get out of this slowing down through the atmosphere and uh, their orbits are decaying and there's you know they're fighting a losing battle. So essentially all these satellites are just going to burn up in the atmosphere and that's that. <laughs> Good day at work, Elon. <laughs> What? <laughs> which is which is actually amazing. Which is amazing, isn't it? I mean, you would have that to me sounds a li- little bit like Elon Musk has underestimated the knowledge that's out there. I can't help feeling that there must be other satellite operators that could have told him that that was going to happen. But mm. they do like to do this sort of stuff on their own. Yeah, and I wonder if it's that. I wonder if it's a sort of lack of communication with the with the wider community because they, you know essentially showing off aren't they yeah yeah but it's um no i think it's it's, it's really interesting there, there's a, a sort of a further aside to this as as global warming gets worse yeah um it means that that the atmosphere up there will will actually get less dense as well so this these kind of events will happen less mm. weirdly yeah what will happen is that satellite and junk and stuff will stay up for longer than anticipated. So <laughs> so it's like it's a double whammy of badness. Yeah, yeah. So Global we've got warming. more junk for longer. Global warming causes space junk, which oh. is the first time I'd ever heard that. Yeah. Not causes space junk, but makes space junk a, a, a worse problem. Yeah, because we're the ones which causing is, it, aren't we? I mean, come All on. of those satellites lost. Mm. I mean, that's, that's... Well, not all of them. It's like almost... Like 49, they reckon, in the end, will be lost. So only 11 made it out Eek. alive. Yeah, that's pretty. That's that's a lot of money down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, crikey. Yeah. Not can't many be many companies that could survive that kind of well, financial loss. Yeah, that's. It? I mean, this is probably one of the only companies that are like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's, there was also another launch failure, and that was from Astra with their 3.3. Yeah. Which apparently, I think it was to do with the fairings not opening properly and that was that it the it was doomed so they've lost all the all those people that gave them satellites these little cube sats and stuff all lost oh wow how, how many were in there a lot <laughs> uh, i think no no four four nasa sponsored cube sats i actually think there may have been more but there but the, but some of them were nasa ones yeah uh, or sponsored by nasa as part of their CubeSat program yeah there's also some kind of weird um, suing thing going on as well for security law violations. 
So God knows what's happening over at Astra, but it has not been a good week for them. No, no. It's just a timely reminder as well, you know, that this is not a not not perfect. Um not not a perfect art, is that the word? You know, it's not yeah, it, well, it still happens. It's it still goes it still goes pear shaped sometimes. Now now did you see the Elon Musk's Starship presentation? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just I still think it just sounds ludicrous to get millions of tons to Mars using Starship. It just doesn't. It just doesn't sound real, does it? No. no. When he's talking, you go, "Where's? How's this happening again?" <laughs> there seems to there seems to be so many missing missing parts to it. I just I mean, the see so much of really Mark. I see so much of Mark Rylance and don't look up now though as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's it's uh, yeah, it's very much like that. But yeah. there's some really interesting bits in there, like about the heat shields and being like roofing tiles and being as cheap as possible, and mm. and the Raptor Two and all those kind of things. So you know, he's he's pushing ahead. I mean, I just wonder, I wonder how much money he really does have to spare to yeah. do what America struggled to do in in its heyday. Yeah, and that's build a super heavy rocket. Even a massive nation struggled. Yeah, mm. it's it's just mind blowing stuff, isn't it? But you know, all power, it is actually mind blowing stuff. All power to the massive billionaire. And of course, you know this this starship is supposed to be the thing that's landing mm. people on the moon as well. Yeah, yeah. So you know what what exactly is what is going on there? What what? How does that actually pan out? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Completely. It's absolutely crazy. But it makes for some very interesting viewing, I'll say that much. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, what what I um I think we can go straight over yep. to my interview now, into the future yes. with Gillian and Justin. A Kute. The Interplanetary Podcast, putting the ace back into space. So I'm joined on the podcast by Gillian Fitzpatrick and Justin Donnelly. Uh welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thanks, Matthew. Right. Now, you've got a piece of art going to the International Space Station. Have I got that right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're part of the uh, Moon Gallery, uh, Moon Gallery Test Flight, which is an exhibition that will be sent to the International Space Station on the 19th of February. We are one of 64 artworks from an international selection of artists and the entire gallery, all 64 artworks, will fit into an 8 by 8 centimetre grid. Right, and, and, and so who actually goes to see the, who actually gets to see the art gallery? Is it just the, is it just the astronauts? Do they walk past or is, it, or is it something that people can perhaps see virtually? Yeah, there will be. Uh, well, obviously the main art audience will be the astronauts, but um, <laughs> yes, the people can, uh, there is a camera uh, set up apparently at the base of the at the base of the um the gallery and once a week it will take a photograph of the entire gallery because some some works are more kind of kinetic than others and will move and change and others will be more static so there'll be a there'll be a new photo I believe put up every week so people can check in on the work is your static or is it or is it moving <laughs> good question <laughs> uh- <laughs> Well, we put it in at a. We had a, a particular angle in mind for it to put it in diagonally because we're working within one centimeter cube. So we would have, you know, uh, knock down debates about 
one over one millimeter of it, yeah. you know, should it be 1.3 millimeters or 1.2 millimeters along if we put it diagonally. So it, it will move around a bit. There's a bit of wiggle room for it to change orientation and we're expecting that to happen. We had a big debate over whether to put it in resin and uh, to protect it and to keep the orientation. That went on for ages, but in the end, we decided just to let it loose and to whatever happens, happens. And that's part of the, the art of the thing is it might fly apart. It might not survive the journey. And that's I think that makes it more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I had I had these very romantic ideas because the, the object you made is actually a tiny little boat. So I had this lovely kind of romantic idea. Oh, it'll be gorgeous. It'll go up into zero G and it'll float around in the cube and it'll be great. And then uh, we were having a, a meeting with the with the organisers of the Moon Gallery and they said, you do realise your artwork is going to have to survive being launched into space by a rocket. So... <laughs> But I mean, if a human can, it should be all right for a, for a, for a small little object, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, so before we discuss when it's going up, how how, how did this all come about? Because what, one of you is a scientist, one of you is an art- artist. Is that right? Or, yes. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've I mean we've we've been friends for for quite a few years now, and um, I mean Justin is very very interested in things like art and film, film particularly. And uh, so we'd, we'd kind of we'd kind of worked together informally uh, on various things over the years. But this particular this particular uh, project, we decided we'd go in like as a, as a full proper collaboration. You know, how did you find out about it? What was where did it appear? It was literally just an open call. We found a friend of mine was looking at a website that was, you know, uh, talking about kind of arts opportunities. And he said, this is really up your street. So, uh, yeah, so we just uh, we had a conversation about what we what we'd like to do. We put together a proposal uh, for what we'd like to make. And a couple of weeks later, we got an email back saying we've been accepted. Pretty exciting. Oh, we were just we were kind of I I got the email. I think it was late in the evening and I I kind of got on the phone to you immediately going, oh, my God, we're going to go into space. It's quite (laughs) surreal. And we still have moments where we stop and go, are we is this actually happening? Is this real? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I think it is. We'll know next week if it's happening, um, which it is. <laughs> but so, yeah, the idea for the piece came about thinking really about a lot of art, good art comes from restrictions and it's hard to get more restrictive than a one centimeter cube. Mm-hmm. So the in- initial idea was about folding. So what folds up into that and then what unfolds from that? And immediately you had you had the idea of, of a solar sail and then gold, although they're, they're, they tend not to be made of gold. Um, they're mostly mylar but that linked back to an imagery from a John Donne poem that I remember from many years ago and the the the, um, the phrase in it is like a connection between two people who are separated by physical distance is uh, like gold and it's it their their connection enjoys not a breach but an expansion like gold to airy thinness beat and that's the title of the piece like gold to airy thinness beat so we had gold and we had this idea of a sail or a something that folded up and it, it took a lot of evolution of the idea mm. to get from uh, from that to to the idea of a, a sail and then a ship and then we had a prototype ship and then we kept developing it and we got down to something a lot more abstract than what we started with so it's kind of a medieval cog ship um, an old old style ship with a, a billowing sail um, all, all covered in gold leaf mm. yeah I mean it's, it's a beautiful little object I'm looking at it now on your on your little PDF that you sent through, 
it's a beautiful little object and it and it does kind of evoke that ex- exploration doesn't it there's something magical about that time and and exploring the earth and i guess that that's how i feel about exploring space is that is there's a similar sort of vibe from that era that 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 kind of imagery conjures up is it presumably i mean i'm i'm just riffing there but is is that the intention to yeah. do that yes yeah i mean it was the idea i suppose the idea of both you know, both you were going out very much into the unknown, but also maintaining a connection with what you have at home, which I think, you know, when you listen to astronauts talking about particularly like spending large amounts of time on the International Space Station and things like that, they always talk about the importance of, you know, maintaining their connection with their with their families and their lives on Earth. So I think it, it has the kind of balance of the two between, you know, between going off on this, you know, off, off into the unknown and exploring an adventure, but also maintaining, maintaining connections as well. And the, and the poem is also full of um, allusions to astronomical imagery. There is a, he uses the metaphor of compasses and he's, he wrote the poem as a, to his wife and he was leaving England to travel to Europe. And it, it, it was uh, the, the analogy, the metaphysical conceit, if you like, was that they would be the two points of a compass, um, a, a drafting compass, and one would orbit the other. And the one was allowed to wander by the other one at the center being steady. And so that it, it relates to relationships and it relates to travel and space and orbits. And there are other phrases like sublunary, sublunary lovers, um, implying that there could be lovers who are above the moon rather than below the moon as well. What amazing piece to be... Um inspired by the great I'm, I'm happy to say that um uh chris my co-host has read that has read that verse out the central verse out as our opening quote for the show oh, so, <laughs> so it, it nicely ties in so he's used his thespian skills to uh <laughs> do it some justice i hope um, uh, but, but yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful line isn't it and well beautiful verse and what was the preparation in terms of you've got this little object that you've made and now presumably you have to get it over to, is it to nano racks is that the, is that the company that, that are doing this they, they well uh, yes they are but it went directly to the moon gallery bit which is based in amsterdam and then they brought us they assembled all the 64 artworks and then brought them to nano racks where they were Put into their into the little the little tray that you see them in. Are the artworks from all over Europe or all over the world? They're all over the world. There's people. There's 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 there's, there's quite a few people who are based around kind of the Netherlands, uh, kind of Europe. But then there's people there's people in the States. There's uh, there's an artist in Singapore. I think there's some people in South Africa. So it is it is a very you know it's a very international selection of artists. You know. Have you have you have you looked at your rivals? I, or, <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there is there another piece of work that you go? Oh, I wish I'd come up with that idea. I think we like them all. Like yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't pick a favorite, but they're. It... Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> they're all equally good in their own way. <laughs> oh, no, no they, they really are interesting. And and the, the thing is, I think I read recently, and Gillian uh, works in a gallery. She would know this better than I. But I think the average time spent in front of front of a piece of art. And the gallery is 27 seconds. Mm. Um, so I think it, it takes time. And to, to look at 64 pieces, it's going to take uh, a long time. I remember going to Florence mm. and they spent an hour just in front of a Michelangelo statue. And mm. I could have spent the whole day there, you know. 
So uh, that's that's not avoiding your question. That's just saying that you need a lot of time to look at these pieces. And... We we're still kind of discovering discovering the discovering other artists and their works. I suppose it's that's partly due to the fact that I mean, well, somewhat due to COVID, but also due to kind of geographical locations. Like we haven't, there's no one else who's based in Ireland who's working on this project. So we haven't yet. Fingers crossed, we will meet people soon. But we haven't met anybody in person yet. So it is mm. kind of we've had you know meetings and online uh, you know emails exchanges and things like that. So it's is very much kind of we're still kind of discovering discovering the other work in the gallery, you know. So it's 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 yeah, we're because the this this like sixty four pieces, which is a lot to kind of, and you know, and also because um, some of the work has changed, so people would were putting proposals in for one thing and then they're finished piece kind of evolved so you know so it's 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 there's a lot that there's a lot there to to absorb you know and I, and I think just to go back to how it will be displayed I think the, the gallery the uh, grid itself is transparent on two sides so I think a viewer on the space station will be able to look into it but there's a camera on the other side and I think it's every day actually that it's, we'll get a new view of it no, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's. Once, it I think it's. Week? I okay. think it, they will. Although the camera will be on us all the time, I think it's only going to post an image once a week, okay. as far as I know. And and will it will it post that on NASA's website or the Moon Gallery website? I'm actually. Uh, I'm, we're not sure. I'm not sure that. where you're going to be able to view it. I we have seen a test a test photo from the camera to see that it was working, but I'm not quite sure where they're going to post where they're going to post the images. Moon Gallery seems to suggest that this is going to the moon. And the last time I looked, I'm pretty certain the International Space Station was nowhere near. So uh, what, what, what's the story behind that? It, it is their ultimate goal. That's why like this exhibition is called Moon Gallery Test Flight. So their plan is to put a similar gallery on the moon when we go back there um, in the next few years. Uh, that would be their, their ultimate goal. And that would be the first uh, permanent gallery on the moon with your one the test flight is the is the actual piece of work going to come back down to earth and when it does come back to down to earth do, do all the little individual pieces of artwork make their way out of the grid or does the grid stay put somewhere we think the grid is going to stay as it is it's it's, yeah. it's, it's given to the moon gallery foundation i think yeah. so so they will uh, do do as they wish with it they may i think they they have they have well, including the, because obviously they have the one that's going to go to the space station. They have a backup copy just in case. <laughs> and then they have a third copy. So did you did you have to make three little gold sailing Oh, I made a lot okay. more than three. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, we got down to, you know, because we were kind of developing it and we were deciding, as, as we were saying earlier about, you know, how 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 much movement we would have and were we worried about it getting damaged and how we would protect us and uh like we were we were, i was doing versions of them that were they were down to like we were like shaving off an extra millimeter an extra two millimeters and i had all these kind of big magnifying glasses so i could see what i was doing because it's so small <laughs> it was getting insane <laughs> actually towards the end <laughs> Yeah, is 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 that the medium that you normally work in? This 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 gold leaf over wood and no, paper. No, and... I I've I have never. I mean, I I've done a lot of kind of sculptural stuff over the years, but I have never done anything remotely that small before. Um, I mean, the first the first version I did, I just did. 
quite quickly and, and, and roughly. And I thought, yeah, that looks okay. And then we got it onto the ma a macro lens of a camera and it literally looked like I made it with an ax. So uh, I got, you know, I started refining the process and got some better tools and a lot better magnification. And uh, they got, as, as I made more of them, they got more sophisticated and, you know, slightly more polished. <laughs> I stayed away from most yeah. of that process in case I inhaled it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is, is the sailing ship about to tardigrade scale? So if you've got some little tardigrades sitting in there, oh. would they? Uh, what, what scale is a tardigrade? <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I, I actually probably think they're going to be even smaller than <laughs> than the the scale human. So they could be approved. I'm going to volunteer jelly and to make little pirate uniforms. For them. <laughs> what animal, like parrot, would be the tardigrade? The tardigrades, equivalent? Oh, yeah. We're uh, getting into some sort of uh, nonsense poems. You, Gillian was kept, kept while she was in the the, the midst of this. Uh, I guess we could say insanity doing this, thing. Yeah. Uh, working on such a small scale. You, you were quoting from um, um, Flann O'Brien. Flann O'Brien, yeah. yeah. The, the the quote from, um, I, I, if you know the piece from The Third Policeman. So there's the, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the policeman in the book. He's basically, so he go, he the, the guy comes along and the policeman is showing him his hobby, which is carving these little, the wooden chests, aren't they? And they're, they're, they, they get smaller and smaller and smaller and they get so small that eventually you can't see them. And it's just, it's, it's this, uh, I felt like I was getting into that level of insanity where you were going down oh to, to microscopic levels and then beyond microscopic levels. And what's the chances of being able to build something for the moon gallery that actually goes to the moon? Is or is that or is that a given? Is that is that something that happens to people on the test flight? No, it's not, not a necessarily. Given. No, no. And also some works because obviously, you know, I mean, obviously, the, the ISS is designed for humans, so it's a reasonably, you know, hospitable environment. But obviously, the moon is a totally different place. And some of the works that are going to the International Space Station wouldn't wouldn't be suitable for the moon. So that would be a whole new proposal. And, a, and possibly, possibly not. We, we haven't we haven't quite gone down that road yet, but it would be could potentially be a completely different piece of work. Uh, is your artwork designed to change under those conditions of radiation and, and, and things like that? Or, or are any of the artworks, you know, designed to show that, <laughs> that they're being bombarded by particles, protons? Nothing like that. Um, it, it, we did talk about uh, the, the microgravity environment and could we do something that would only work in a microgravity mm. environment? But it ended up being, I think, too delicate and... Mm. Um, the, the scale, I think, was a little small. We were kind of doing some research, just, you know, pieces. Like, there have been a few artworks that have gone up to the ISS that have been specifically designed uh, for for micro-environments, you know? So we were, we were talking about that a bit, but I just think the scale, the, the tiny scale kind of wouldn't have been impossible, but it would have been very difficult. To yeah, we, we had reduced it down in terms of concept and sort of... A, almost a modernist taking it to the point where it became almost nothing and then we have to back away mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 have you looked at other what other people have done in in the past when it comes to artworks that have gone into space because there's, there's a pretty long tradition of it isn't there from the, there it's, is. it's fascinating I, I don't think a lot of people realize quite how much artwork has either gone into space or been made in space we could pick out know? our favorites mm. um yeah what's your favorite What's my favourite? Oh, gosh. Uh, 
I like the one. I actually uh, the one of the ones I like. It didn't quite go into space, but it's the one that um, it went up on one of those balloons. I have the name of the this is Exo Exo Biotanica. Yes, and the other one we were looking at, which was the musical one, they made a what do they call it? A musical kite. Um, yeah, and that was uh, a sound chip. That was, that was it had some air blown instruments. I think that was was yeah, a drop from a balloon. It was basically the. Hang on, I did. I did make a note <laughs> of that here. <laughs> The, it was, yeah, it was an art, it was a piece that went up in 2016, um, and it was basically a specially designed <coughs> balloon by David Hayes and Joyce Hinterdink, and it was called Soundship to Sender One, and basically it went up, it went up on a balloon. When it reached the edge of space, the balloon burst. And then it, as it started to fall, the uh, there was recordings made of the sounds that it made. And they described the instruments. Uh, it was based on a Japanese unari, which they describe as a uni unison musical kite bow. So There's a lot going, going on there. On there. Wow. I loved the idea of that. I loved the idea of where they were. They described it as, this is lovely, an Aeolian spacecraft. <laughs> I've, I've heard that Axiom have a plan for a production studio in space which could be interesting. Um, I, I think it's a six meter wide sphere. And um, I imagine James Cameron was already booked a ticket. But I like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it. there's some things in space which are accidentally art, which I like a lot. Those are some of my favorite things. There's the Apollo 16 family photograph mm. on the moon. I think it was Charles mm. Duke, he left it there. Mm. And it's this very unassuming square photo of a family of four. And it's the only piece of color on the moon. And he left it there as a little square of humanity and, and went away. And it, I find that very haunting. Hmm. There's also the U.S. flag, which um, uh, I've heard that it, it could be uh, bleached white by the sun by now. So it's actually hmm. turned into a, a, a peace flag, if you like. It's become like one of those white Jasper Johns uh, paintings of the American flag hmm. that has become totally bleached, which is uh, th those. I think th those are interesting examples of the environment cooperating with the art, cooperating with objects to make art. Mm. A bit like Andy Goldsworthy is an artist on earth who, uh, obviously he's an artist on earth, but he um, he collaborates with nature and lets nature mm. do some of the lifting on the art. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there, there was even Andy Warhol's sent some art to the moon, hasn't he? Yeah, well? that's that little, the, there's a tiny little ceramic tile that was probably secreted away on, um, I think it's Apollo 12. Oh, was it 12, yeah. I think it's Apollo okay. 12. And uh, yeah, so Andy Warhol, uh, Robert Rauschenberg, Klaus Oldenburg, and uh, a couple of other artists. I think it was done by Forrest Myers. And they were working in, in conjunction with some um, engineers, I think. So they did the, got this tiny, tiny little tile about the size of a postage stamp. And it's meant to be hidden on one of the one of the legs of the lander. Which would be really, yeah. be really cool. We'd be if we we ended up in the company of Andy Warhol on the moon. <laughs> I wish I had the yeah. I wish I had the confidence of Rauschenberg. He did one line. He drew a single line, and that was his <laughs> yeah. contribution. We're just about to go to the moon. What are you going to do? Well, just a line. Job there done. There you go. <laughs> I don't need to say anymore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even the engineers got in on the act, didn't they? they I think they were sort of etching little bits of their own artwork into various parts of the. Apollo landers. One I think yeah. I, I think I remember. Um, I might have the details wrong here. I think it was was it Van Allen who was something to do with um, Voyager two. I think he put his thumbprint. He just put like, placed his thumb on it and just 
walked away. He said, and that's going to go outside the solar system. I suppose the most famous, I suppose, is, is Carl Sagan's gold disc, isn't it? I suppose you, that could be considered a... Well, we call it Carl Sagan's. I'm sure it's it's not just his idea, but uh, but there was plenty of sort of artwork actually contained in the on the gold disc as well, wasn't there? Was, I think yeah. that the Pioneer Ten and Eleven plaque as well. Yeah. Um, mm. That that's I mean that looks like a classical uh, painting or etching, or, mm. um, and then you've got the Voyager one is a little bit more like Art Deco. Um, mm. So they yeah they they have their own styles. Would you think you'll ever be reunited with your artwork? Once it's been to space and back, mm. I don't know. Actually, I, I don't know if I don't know if that's I don't know if that's something that I, that would be really important to me. I think knowing knowing that it was up there is kind of that's that's always going to be something that 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 you know will be a little point of pride. I think and and obviously if if I if we ever did get a piece of work onto the moon. I don't know that I would ever get over that <laughs> in a good yeah. way. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think that it's the journey, you know, is the, is the thing rather than the object, you know? Yeah. I mean, it must be just really, really exciting to get something out into space, like a, to have that, you know, because not many people have done it. It's still insane. It's insanely difficult to get into space. <laughs> I mean, we've had two, I mean, two rockets have failed in the last week doing it. So it's not like it's it's not like it's easy. So yeah, yeah. So so you actually get so you actually get two shots at this as well. So if this if the it's NG seventeen is that right? It's the the, the Cyg, Cygnus, isn't it? Um. So that if that blows up, which it, which it, which it has done once before, I think. <laughs> If that blows up, then uh, you've you've got another you've got another chance. Another go, yeah. But but um, now hopefully that won't happen. But um, there there was a constellation called Argo uh, in the past, Mm -hmm. and it was it had about I think 160 visible stars in it before the IAU came along in 1930 and formalized the constellations down to 88, and they split Argo into Carina, Cupis, and um, what's the last one? Vela. Vela, the Vela, the sail. So that you know, that could be uh, if if our piece doesn't survive, that could be you know uh, echo the history of that constellation. We're just bringing oh, well, in well. every possibility into the artwork, just in case. <laughs> Whatever happens, we planned. It. Well, I, I I I'm going to ask you a question. I ask all my guests, which is uh, which is two questions I always ask, and one of them is. Uh, do you have a space song for our space song playlist? And you're not allowed to have David Bowie because that's oh, just... Oh, well, I'm out. Sorry. Oh, well, I, know, I know it's too easy. It's too easy. Everyone everyone has a David uh, Bowie space song. But, you know, if you if you weren't allowed Bowie, what would it be? Oh, Lord. Uh, you don't do you know wanna... what pain you've just caused. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, for me, it would probably be a piece of electronic music, I would say. I would probably pick something by... Uh, some A score by Jerry Goldsmith. Um, mm. I think he manages to capture the majesty of space very well. Mm. Which any particular one? I think the the there was an alternative um, take for the opening credits of Alien, and actually the closing credits of Alien uh, that wasn't used in the film, and that's uh, pretty spectacular. Ooh, do you know? I don't know that one. So I'm, that's a fantastic. That's a fantastic shout. I'll have to listen to that on my car journey in a minute. I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love uh, yeah, I love Goldsmith. Brilliant. Uh, do you have a uh, a hero that you kind of would like to go? Hey, look what I'm doing! Like someone from the past. It can be someone fairly recent from the past, but someone that you'd say, "Hey, look at look at my little piece of artwork that I'm sending to space." Don't you 
don't you think that's amazing? Well, I think I'd have to go back and uh, check this, but I think my, I'm not, I'm not sure how many greats are in here, but my great, great uncle or great, great granduncle or something like that was actually a sailmaker and uh, in a harbour. He worked in a harbour and uh, I think it would be pretty, I think it, it ties in with the piece and uh, it'd be. Oh man, that's an awesome answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm so I'm so in awe. I've, I'm listening to because I'm listening to various podcasts and you know astronauts talking about their their achievements, and I'm just kind of I'm so <laughs> blown away every time I hear them talking about all the things they've done. That um, it's kind of humbling and an honor, you know. I mean, just oh, and the people who've done so much. Yeah. Oh, and you've got another suggestion? Yeah, no, it just occurred to me. <laughs> uh, the last person, we, the last event we went to. In Dublin before the uh, the uh, lockdown was uh, William Shatner live, and to see oh. him, to see him last year go into space and yeah. the, the profound the profundity of his reaction to it and the poetry yeah. that yeah. came out yeah. of it, uh, was astonishing. So yeah, that's yeah. off to William Shatner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's w- William Shatner's definitely my favourite Canadian. <laughs> 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 He's definitely one of the people that got me into doing all this kind of stuff. Uh, and and it made me just dislike Jeff Bezos just a little bit when he sort of cut him off in that. Yeah. When he was like, what are you, what, yeah, what are you doing? We what are you doing? Exactly yeah. the same way. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the most important figures in space that's telling you about his experience in space. And you've literally just cut him off. I know. What are you it, doing? Was, it was awful. <laughs> and he was, you know, and he was opening up about it and being yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And oh, no. The fact that he was so old as well. I mean, the guy is, he's proper old. We, yeah. w- we watched that rocket going up and it was like something from a film. And I pointed at it when, as it was happening and said, William Shatner is inside that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. everything, about, this is the weird thing about space. Everything about it is surreal. Yeah. Uh, the most ordinary things, walking, playing golf. If you if you end the sentence with on the moon mm-hmm. or in space, it suddenly becomes bizarre. Mm. Yeah. yeah. My favourite thing to try and describe why space is so amazing this definitely is part of like the 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 joy of something like your artwork is that if if you've got like a bunch of rock stars and film stars sitting around in the green room and they're all full of themselves if if buzz aldrin walks in it's like he he trumps them all he's been to the he's been to the freaking moon (laughs) it's like that's it so you know it's the the magic of space it's like and now your artwork is going to freaking space i know it's very 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 cool it's very very cool well well thanks thanks very much for 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 coming on the podcast and telling us about i'm I'm definitely going to follow it and i shall check out that piece of music what's the what's the website that people can go to to see to find more about it and and have you got websites that you would like yes to go to uh, www.moongallery.eu so i am jillfitz36.wixsite.com forward slash artwork it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you go to the moon, if you're lucky, if that's too much and you go to the Moon Gallery website, you'll find uh, listings from myself and Justin on that. And my website is up on that. And I think your address, email address. I, I be, have an email. You have a discreet, you have a discreet <laughs> online presence. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for joining me. Thank Great. you so Thank much, you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The Interplanetary Podcast is 
alive. So there you go, Chris. There was my there was my interview in the future. Uh, I won't tell you. I won't ask you what you thought because it's in the future and you haven't thought those thoughts yet. As far as interviews in the future go, I thought it was lovely. Excellent, excellent. This is practically coming out live. That's what I'm telling you, Chris. This is yeah. this is the craziness of the work schedule right it's now. It's just the, the cutthroat podcasting industry, isn't it? It's just the it way is it the is. cutthroat flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, what what have we got planned this week, Chris? Anything? Um, work, 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 work. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, just super snowed under at the moment, and and it, and that's okay because it's just keeping me out of trouble, keeping me out of the boozer. <laughs> yeah, well, when the wife's away, that's probably the best thing, isn't it? Yeah. What about you? Um, what have I got on this week? Uh, more work, more work. A bit like you, bit like yourself. Oh, February's a busy one, isn't it? But we can talk yeah. about lots of exciting things when we next meet because I don't know, maybe you know, maybe we'll have gone to space let's do, or something yeah let's let's do something space related but yeah. uh, a big shout out to the uh patreons you know who you are you bunch of babies. legends i love yeah. you uh keep up the good work and if you want to join patreon go to www.patreon.com forward slash interplanetary where you can join us all on the discord and have some fun uh if you want to just go to the website interplanetary.org.uk or cool and groovy what a lovely yeah. URL. Have have yourself a lovely evening, Matthew, and I uh, and I look forward to our next our next rendezvous. Our next rendezvous. Okay. Thank you very much, Chris. Well, thank you very much for joining me. And thank you. I it's shall my say bye bye to the rest of the spodcats. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.